Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Physio Minds. I'm your host, Alex. That's our co-host, Theo. Today, we have a little bit of a special episode talking about EDS and POTS. EDS stands for Ehlers. I'm probably going to butcher the name here, Theo, but Ehlers. Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome. Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome and POTS, meaning postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome. So let's talk a little bit about what POTS is first, because that's uh, something that Theo, I think, has seen in the clinic as well as EDS. So how does POTS present in the clinic or what have you seen? Right. So typically uh, POTS is people don't come referred to PT for POTS. It's kind of like a comorbidity or like a secondary uh, diagnosis. Um, And it's one of those things that, you know, a lot of people have orthostatic hypotension where they stand up, um, you know, blood pressure drops, things like that. Um, In this case, um, they have orthostatic, uh, when they change positions rapidly, uh, they have tachycardia, which means their uh, heart rate jumps up. Um, so these are people that you might test them in sitting and they're like over 100 beats per minute. Uh, and then they stand up, heart rate shoots up, um, and they get dizzy, uh, pass out, you know, things like that. So it's serious. Uh, it's a serious comorbidity you have to be aware of, especially when coming up with like treatment interventions, plan of care. Um, things like that. Um, and there's good research to show that um, you have to do when you're dosing exercises. Um, there's actually like a protocol, I forget um, where the protocol is from. Mm-hmm. But you know, you just kind of start um, on an exercise bike, for example, and you start two minutes at a time before symptom onset. If you can do two minutes and you know you're fine with no increase in symptoms then you can progress the next day. Let's go three minutes, you know, four minutes and so on and so forth. And I believe it's like a 10 month cardio program. Um, So the plan of care for that is long. Yeah. Um, But, you know, people see like great results with it. So. So I'm just thinking long-term, like how, I mean, we can only see somebody for so long in PT until we discharge them. So I'm thinking that's something someone we're going to see maybe every like the in the beginning more often and then every few months or every few weeks, I should say. Right. Yeah, uh, 100%. Like you're, this, this is type of, again, like if you're treating them solely for POTS, which is not always the case, mm-hmm. um, you're going to probably see them like the first week, once, twice a week. Um, uh, and then after that, when you see they're independent with their program, you might see them follow up like once every two, three weeks, you know, just like, okay, like, where are you now? Um, are you getting stuck anywhere in the program? Have you been like, have you noticed any changes, things like that? And you just kind of check in. It's more like a home exercise program that you give them. They kind of have to be independent with it. Um, and then if you're treating them, let's say they have like back pain or they have, you know, knee pain, ankle pain, whatever, you're also kind of treating that as well. Right, right. Yeah. And from my understanding is like someone as an example is someone, let's say they're sitting in a recliner, they stand up, they'll get that uh, increase in heart rate, right? That rapid increase in heart rate, but lightheadedness, maybe like a fainting feeling. Is that what I'm no, no, they, they might, they might straight up like pass out <laughs> wow. right? and they don't, they don't even, they don't, they don't know they passed out till they wake, they wake up. Wow. You know, so it's, um, I think so, how they diagnose it is they do like a tilt table uh, test mm-hmm. as well, mm-hmm. where it's kind of like 
you know, raise you up and, until you kind of pass out almost, right? Uh, they sit, they check your blood pressure, heart rate, things like that. And, yeah, yeah. I mean, they have to at that point. They, you know, they have to take you in different, um, what's it called, positions to see like what causes it and right. anything like that. Uh, that's really interesting. So what have what have you seen in the clinic that works for the patients when you're working with them? Is there some is there a certain treatment that you've done along um, with, again, obviously it, with everything else? There's no particular treatment that, you know, or like an exercise that works great type thing. It's just a cardio program, mm-hmm. you know, and it's to patient tolerance to like, uh, I think you stop before provocation of symptoms. Um, and again, it's a secondary diagnosis. It's not something we specifically treat. It's just something to keep in mind, right? Um, right. Especially when you're coming up with interventions, like, okay, like maybe like we'll spend some time yeah. on their laying down on their back and then, you know, perform exercise on their back and then, okay, slowly sitting up, making sure they have some time for their vitals to normalize right. before, you know, doing exercises or getting up completely, things like that, you know? Right. Um, and yeah, that's it. Okay. Well, that's pretty cool. So the second, uh, the second one that I have that is pretty important or that we've talked about previously in the past is called EDS. So that Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. So that's something that from my understanding, it's a collagen disorder. It's something that we actually can inherit, right? That's right. So there's, there's like a genetic uh, component to EDS. Mm-hmm. Um, and you're right. It is a collagen, um, issue. Your, your body, your body basically produces faulty collagen. Mm-hmm. Um, and for those who don't know, collagen makes up everything in your body from like muscles, tendons, ligaments, um, you know, organs even. So like a lot of people that have EDS are going to have, uh, multiple like system dysfunctions. Like they're going to have like when I do an evaluation for EDS, um, you know, we're checking, we're screening cardiac system, we're screening musculoskeletal, neurovascular, um, uh, genital uh, urinary, um, you know, everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then a lot of times you're going to, they're, they're going to be like, oh yeah, you know what? I do have problems with bowel movement. I do have, you know, um, I feel like my heart races sometimes. I also have POTS with EDS, you know, that's kind of like a, that's very common as well. Um, so, and you know, a lot of times there, and there's multiple, uh, types of EDS as well. There's like a vascular EDS, there's uh, classical EDS, there's a hypermobile EDS in the short time that I've been kind of working with that condition. We've seen classical and hypermobile. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, and then I asked about vascular. We haven't seen a lot of that. And my CI that's, um, one of like, she's like an expert in the field. She's done a lot of research in it. Um, she had said she expects to see five vascular, uh, EDS, uh, patients in like her whole career. So mm-hmm. it's like very rare. Um, and people don't typically come again. It's like a secondary diagnosis. Right. Um, it's not, some people do come like, Oh, I have EDS and, you know, I'm having some pain, nothing crazy. You know, I want to make sure that I, I treat it correctly. Right. Um, so, yeah, that's a little bit of background on that. Yeah, I guess like the biggest things for, and now that you're mentioning it, and I've read up on it a little bit more, is like the biggest things is if you think about the connective tissue that 
encompasses everything, <laughs> literally everything. Mm -hmm. I mean, you're thinking these people, people might have collagen disorders within their heart, right? So you're thinking about, is their heart able to pump or is their valves able to close properly? Obviously, cardiologists would see them, but the biggest things we have to think about is joints, you know? Are they, are they dislocating anywhere? Is it their shoulder? Is it their knee, their right. hip? We're thinking about their neck as well, because that's also a very right. careful and place. You want to make sure that, you know, their C1, C2 is working well, or C, C1 on Oxput, you know, you, you want to make, make sure all of that is working well. That's actually some of the questions that we asked during the history. Um, like, oh, do you, have you had like frequent joint dislocations, things like that? Um, and, you know, a lot of people will be like, yeah, you know what? Like, I've dislocated my shoulder multiple times. Like, with EDS, like, especially hypermobile EDS, like, it can be to the, you're so hypermobile, it's to the point that you can sneeze and you pop a rib. You know what I mean? Like, you display, yeah. So, it's like, you just have to be, like, very careful. Um, and, you know, especially, like, we, like you said, like, collagen makes up everything. So, even your skin. So, like, one of the diagnostic criteria is also, like, are you able to like raise your skin from your hand? I think it's three centimeters, which it's three centimeters is pretty significant. Um, <laughs> I'm like trying to do it now. I'm like, whoa. <laughs> so really, I think that the purpose of this podcast isn't really diagnose anyone or anything like that, but it's just to like bring awareness to this. Um, it's like newly, I think there's new research on it. You know, it wasn't really diagnosed back in the day, um, but it's okay. one of those things that you want to catch young because mm -hmm. if you're, your joints are moving too much, you're having all these issues, you know, um, you want to get the, the proper treatment um, and have proper resources, proper education, so you can avoid, you know, serious consequences later in life. You know, I had a lot of the patients that I treated for were younger um, because they have the familial his, uh, history of VDS. So again, it has that mm -hmm. genetic component. So they'll come in, you know, and, you know, we'll treat them, make sure they get on the right track. They know, we had a lot of the treatments based is education, right? Like what is EDS? Like, how do you diagnose it? Like, should you be exercising at end ranges? Probably not, right? You already move too much. You, we don't need to improve mobility. We need to increase stability, right? So, right. Right. Uh, you know, a lot of it is just education. Um, I think with um, EDS, you want to avoid the long-term consequences, like I had a patient that, you know, discovered she had EDS at 25 and, you know, still young, but at this point, 25, figuring out your EDS, she had like neck pain. She had um, nerve symptoms, like upper motor neuron symptoms, like on both, I think both arms. I didn't, I, I hadn't seen her evaluation, but I think she had upper motor neuron symptoms on both arms. When I, when I saw her, she's wearing a cervical collar at all times, basically. She can't take it off because she her she needs like a fusion of her upper cervical spine because she just moves too much, right? It moves too much to the point that she compresses her spinal cord, right? So it's one of those things you want to catch early. You want to always like stabilize and you don't want to get, you don't want to get treated by someone that's not familiar with EDS. And then right. they put you in those end range positions, like trying to improve joint mobility when that's not what you need. That's to be not doing. what you need. Right. Yeah, no, I 100% agree. That's, I mean, that's pretty crazy. That's yeah. unfortunate for those who have the, the joint um, or have this uh, EDS. I think there was a TikTok. I don't know if you remember. Do you remember that girl who was like, I can like flipped her 
yeah 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 you mirror, sure. like cut like externally rotate it all the way and then put it back down i was like that's eds that's 100 because we talked about it and i i was like there's i was like what is going on and then i was like right away it popped into my head i was like theo and i just talked about it it's 100 percent eds Unless I, again, we, can't, we can't make the diagnosis of eds off that You're video right. and even as pts we can't diagnose eds right like right, we, don't, exactly. we don't do diagnoses uh, we do like um i guess like clinical diagnoses um right. and most eds uh, have like a genetic um not a genetic component they have like a genetic marker mm-hmm. that you know a doctor can like find right and be like hey you know what you have EDS, um, right. hypermobile EDS, there's no known genetic um, factor yet. So not, not genetic factor, sorry, genetic um, marker. So yeah. um, it's more like a clinical diagnosis. You know, there's like special tests, familial history, right. you know, we change skin elasticity, you know, history of joint dislocations, things like that. And like, if you meet like a certain uh, amount, then you're like, okay, like, you know what, you kind of present like a hypermobile eds right yeah and then we treat you differently so in terms of treatment um because i remember like when mine when i first saw my first eds patient my instructor was like okay like how would you treat this right mm-hmm. and i was like okay like i'm gonna perform a coordination exercises three sets of 25 things like that yeah uh, and then progress to strengthening right and she's like wrong because these pages if you're doing three sets of 25 like these you're doing 25 repetitions the collagen is going to stretch, right? Um, regardless, you're going to increase motion, which you don't want to increase motion. So what you should be doing is focus more on isometrics and then strengthening three sets of 10, hmm. right? So you're doing less reps, more like strength work, working more stability. You're not really doing end range motions, um, things like that. That's awesome. I mean, that's not awesome for them, but it's awesome that you're able to experience that. Like, right, because, I, I, I wouldn't know what to do if you didn't bring it up. And that's the interesting thing about being a PT is we will run into secondary di- um, pathologies all the time or just any pathology. And you have to be aware and you have to be on your toes and you have to do your research. And I think that's what I love about this profession is mm-hmm. you can, yes, you can Google things. Um, I think the best way to do it is like do like Google scholar or something. Cause that actually is evidence-based material journals, written peer reviewed. Um, the best thing right now is being a student is when we get these pathologies, we're able to connect it through EBSCO or whatever, our library base, and we can find treatment options for our patients, which is really nice. Right. Uh, one of the things I was reading, I was just uh, searching as we were discussing here about EDS, and there's two types that are inherited. It's the autosomal dominant inheritance, the hypermobile classic and vascular EDS. And it says the faulty gene that causes EDS is passed on by one, one parent, and there's a 50% risk of each of their children developing the condition. So that's pretty high. So 50% of people if one person has it, uh, well, most a, lot, a lot of people go on un, undiagnosed, right? It's one of those things that's not really a problem until it's a problem type of thing. Exactly. So it's just, you, you know, you want to know your, your fam, family history, you know, health conditions, things like that. Um, and that's why we ask these things, you know, right. as, as part of the history is kind of like, okay, like 
you have any history of any any of these diagnoses, things like that. Um, and this is one that I didn't know about. So like now I kind of keep my eyes open because I think it's more prevalent than I originally thought. Right, right, right. Absolutely. I mean, it, just thinking about it, you know, having the collagen issue and then overworking them, I'm sure you have to have, I know you said like three sets of 10 isometrics and strengthening. But I mean, you really have to hone in on your skills and see how, like, I wonder what they feel because their skin is fragile too, right? Right. And then I, I think, are... I think to them, it doesn't feel any different. It's just one of those things that the collagen is faulty, right? So we've talked about the stress strain curve, you know, and so if you're, if you think of a rubber band and you stretch it, right, it's going to come back to its natural like position. And that's similar to how muscles work. Mm -hmm. So if we, um, for with eds however when the collagen is faulty when you stretch that rubber band it's not going to come back to its original position it's going to come back to an like a longer um a longer um, longer state yeah yeah so it's, it's just something to keep in mind when you're coming up with exercise and diagnoses even prognoses right because a lot of people with eds they don't heal heal properly they have problems healing because you know collagens even in like your blood vessels and things like that you know uh, you know, in your, your veins, you know, everything. So, um, yeah, they don't heal properly. It takes longer for the, for, uh, if you have a tendonitis or something, it takes longer to heal. Um, so that's always something to consider with your plan of care. You know, even right. if it's a simple diagnosis, it, it might take twice as long. Right. You know? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. That's, that's really interesting. So the only thing that I kind of wanted to add is um, ask my instructor if there was like a website or something that people can go to to learn more, um, you know, just like educate themselves. And the website Absolutely. she sent me was ellers-danlos.com. Um, ellers is spelled E-H-L-E-R-S-Danlos, D-A-N-L-O-S.com. Uh, and I believe they also have like um, different like specialists in that area, like they're listed on their website they can get in contact with. Obviously, you guys can reach out to us. I can put you in contact. If I can't answer your question, I'll put you in contact with, you know, uh, my instructor. Um, she's yeah. She sees so many EDS patients. Um, she's an expert. She's done a lot of research on it. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's really cool that you had that experience. I mean, we've had multiple pathologies coming through our door i think the most interesting one it doesn't have to do with eds or pots but i'll just talk about it because i i was in very interested in this was um basically one of my patients came in every time they looked up their hands and feet would go numb mm -hmm. and i'm just like what this was during the interview he the patient turned to us and said hey when i do this makes my hands and feet go numb we're like that's scary that's very scary yeah very scary we're like holy moly what's going on we have to check everything in the cervical spine uh thoracic lumbar upper motor neuron lower motor neuron, everything we were looking at literally everything so it turns out that the patient had a fall and as a result of that fall they've always, they've had these symptoms of numbness and tingling in the hands and feet and the neurologist is aware we um we were able to 
find exercises that decrease his symptoms. So a lot of like chin tuck exercises, no, no extension of the neck, um, minimal rotation at the neck, even though we have to do it, we just have to be careful. He stays in that chin tuck position and turns instead of just looking up and turning. I mean, it was a pretty interesting case because we were doing Babinski, we were doing Hoffman's side, we were doing clone, like we were checking for clonus. And that was the first time I've ever seen clonus in a patient's right. um, foot or wherever we were testing it. Right. So it's just interesting to see the things that we talk about in class. And I'm, I, th- I don't know if we've mentioned EDS or POTS in class before, maybe very briefly. Uh, I don't think I had ever like really heard of it until I went to the clinic. Yeah. So maybe, maybe some of the things you'll hear, there are some of the pathologies you hear in class. Um, you only hear about them. And then when you actually encounter them in person, it changes your mind of, wow, like I, I have to treat this patient now. What do I need to do? Kind of that, oh shit moment where you're like, ah, what do I do? Right. <laughs> but the good thing is that's why your clinical instructor is there and you can kind of ask them if they don't know that's i'm going to go back to it again is google scholar or you can go into your library website go to ebsco or whatever searches out to and then really pull your sources in write out treatment plans and and whatnot and see what the best evidence-based practice is for that um, pathology or individual at that moment if you don't know what to do just do something that doesn't cause their symptoms try to relieve their symptoms of anything that first I would, even, I would even say to go even further than that like especially with rare conditions like if you can only find like one or two articles whatever things like that like and you really like because at, at the end of the day it's like our first thing is not to do any harm right so like reach out to like these people that are experts in that condition yeah. you know maybe they have some guidance you know things yeah. like that um because I know, especially with some of these rare conditions, there's not a lot out there, right? It's, you know, um, clinically, how do you treat something that doesn't even have a diagnosis, for example, yet? You know what I mean? So it's someone with more experience is probably the best resource. Yeah. And I'm sure the PTs that you're working around with, if they've been in that setting for a while, they most likely have seen one, one of those uh, patients come in with some interesting pathology where they can kind of guide you through it and if they can't obviously you know just continue to do your research and where do you do your research online books um even reach reach out back to your professors and say hey like i saw something interesting does anybody know about this in at school or does any other professor that i could reach out to actually help me with this all right everybody Thank you for coming to our Physio Minds podcast today. I hope you enjoyed learning about POTS and EDS, POTS standing for postural orthostatic tachycardia syndrome and EDS, Ehlers-Danlos syndrome. There we go. There I got go, it. Got it. Yep. <laughs> Only had to say it 10 or 15 times before I can actually say it correctly. Yeah, um, EDS for short. EDS for short and pots for the other one just to make it easier for us so if you guys have any other questions or comments or concerns or if you guys want to just talk to us for any uh, any general inquiries just you know hit that dm let us know what's up uh even to say hello we get that we get a lot of those already uh any questions you guys are more than welcome to ask us if it's clinicals or exercise dosage whatever it may be uh you know where to find us physio minds we're on instagram we're on anchor we're on spotify we're on Apple, Google Podcasts, you name it, we're there. So thank you guys for coming and tune in for next time.